The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you in your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your own favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our brand new Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash spirit of recovery. Today's episode is titled, We Came to Believe. When we're in early recovery, the idea of a life of peace and joy seems very far away. The good news is that we can get there. But first, we must extricate ourselves from the disarray of an undirected life. We can then learn to trust a higher power, thus opening the door to sanity and hope. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on moving from disarray to genuine peace and joy by coming to believe in a higher power. Yes, as we were saying just before the show, this is one of Dan's and my favorite topics. Yes, it is. <clears throat> this because really this is the one that this was the game changer for me. Um, this coming to believe in a power greater than myself. That is what changed my life at depth. And what um really you know, like our description of our show today, what re- what really moved me from a life of, when I say disarray, meaning um, unfocused, uh, lacking an overall meaning and purpose, right, to um, a life of very deep meaning. Um, so we always like to talk a little bit about what it was like before and what happened and what it's like now. So I had grown up in a... Um, you know, basically Protestant church that I didn't relate much to the things that I heard in. I was taken, you know, as a child and beyond, you know, not, not my choice. Um, And so I had pretty much left organized religion and declared myself an atheist. And um, I had intellectualized myself out of a belief in a higher power. You know, there was no God, none of it made any sense. And I was much too intellectual and brilliant to believe in something like that. Um, Then I found 12-step program and was told that I needed to come to believe in a higher power in order for the program to work for me. And, you know, for such a self-proclaimed atheist, this belief in a higher power came quite easily for me. Um, I feel like 
it, you know, it, it just came so easily that it's like, it may have always, it was there in a way all along. I just hadn't allowed myself to believe in it. I hadn't been in an environment that supported my belief in it, you know? Um, but when I opened myself up to the possibility that there could be a loving God, um, when I opened myself to the possibility that there could be this higher power that wanted good for me and was willing and able to guide and direct my life, I found that it just came rushing in as if it had just always been waiting to come rushing in. And all it needed was for me to crack the door open and there it was. Um, and just completely changed my life changed everything about my life, the direction of my life, the purpose of my life, um, just everything. It just, it was, it was that big for me. It was having no God to suddenly having this loving, supportive, um, all-knowing, unconditionally loving power that was ready and available to me at all times to guide me and to support me and to love me and to help me. And um, it was everything to me, everything. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. And and what I'm thinking right now is, and it worked. It works. It's reliable. Mm -hmm. It makes mm -hmm. it actually makes sense. I mean, I'm I'm very skeptical about things in general, whether it be you know medical claims or this or that or I don't even know what. Um, and so I, I was kind of like what you said. I, I, I've come to describe myself growing up as we were vaguely Protestant. Mm -hmm. That's that's about <clears throat> what it was. And I remember being not so much church was mind-numbingly boring to me as a kid. It's like excruciatingly boring. And so I definitely didn't get anything out of that other than I don't like this. But in Sunday school, I, you know, would pay attention and felt like, what I'm being told, this just doesn't make sense. And I'm doesn't not even sense, sure the people it? who are saying it believe it. That's what was really, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I felt like I was sort of reading something and maybe they were just a nervous teacher, you know, and I was just reading that. Who knows? Yeah. But that didn't sit well with me. So I distrusted it sort of from the beginning. It didn't pass the sniff test for me. It didn't make sense. <laughs> I didn't believe what that people believed what they were saying. And mm. then, you know, I, and I'm not anti-Protestantism uh, or any religion. Uh, it's fine. I get it now. I mean, I could, I feel like I could go back in time and connect the dots and, mm -hmm. and say, well, you know, they, they talk about it like this, but here's what I really think is going on. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it's not that uh, I am against any of that. It just didn't work for me until I found something that did work for me mm -hmm. and so i i'm perhaps a little unusual in that i i did find unity before i found recovery but i quickly when i got into recovery quickly saw how the time i'd spent in unity which honestly was as a you know as a, a participant I, I was not didn't show up as a as a leader you know i wasn't taking classes i didn't become a teacher i was just going to a unity church because i liked the experience mm -hmm. what i was hearing i had never heard before 
it was arguably a progressive Christian unity church, and there still yeah. are some. I mean, mine is now <laughs> mine in, is. here in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, I really loved what I was hearing. I thought I've never heard, when you look at it that way, everything makes sense to me. Yes, It's almost like all I had to do is take the story and turn it a little bit at a different angle, which is the personal experience angle. And mm -hmm. now everything makes sense. And I was totally blown away. I couldn't even believe it. I'm yeah. like, how have I never heard this before? This is amazing. I, I want to know more about this. And so I yeah. jumped in um, yeah. to Unity. Now, we're talking about having an undirected life. I was drinking significantly, becoming heavily, becoming uncontrollably somewhere in there. I probably found a Unity church maybe uh, three years before I got sober, so not that far. Um but it laid a foundation so that when I came in and I saw step two, I felt like, okay, I have something that I can lean on for this. And it got one thing I heard, I, I, as you shared, you didn't use these words, but I felt this as it became real. This yeah. matters yes. a lot. This is not just saying something to make someone else happy. My life depends on this now. And so yes. I was willing to dedicate myself to the path. And that's what I've done. It was game changer, you said. Same for me. Yeah, just Complete so life changing. I yep. mean, I total, I, you know, I always used to say, and we'll be talking about the third step presumably next time. But I used to always say that I, once I took the third step, which is after having come to believe in this higher power, we turn our will and our life over to it. Um, I came to see my life in terms of before and after the third step. That's how life-changing it was to me. Yeah. So I was the opposite of you. I had gotten sober um, before I found Unity. And my women's group that I was a faithful attender of for many, many years met in what we used to call the basement of my now church um, every Friday evening. And so I was not going to the church, but I was going in the church building, which is what made it possible for me one day when my friends invited me to come to church on Sunday. That's what made it doable for me because I felt comfortable in the building already. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, so bizarre now that now I'm the associate minister of that church. I mean, life is just <laughs> right. such a trip. But, um, you know, I, I came to the building every week for probably a year or so before someone said, you know, we come to this church on Sundays and it's pretty cool. And it's very AA friendly. And I was like, okay. And um, yeah, from the get-go, I was done. I was I was full in from the first Sunday I attended the Unity Church. Me um, too. It, all the dots connected and it dovetailed perfectly with the spiritual growth that I was having and learning in, in the, um, you know, early recovery and there was nothing that I couldn't get behind, you know, like before church was like, well, there was just too many things being said that rubbed me the wrong way that I was just like, no, nope, no, nope. you know, I would have to set aside so much of it. When I came to unity, my feeling was I don't have to set aside any of this, like it all jives with me, you know what I mean? And we, we have sort of a saying, I'm sure we didn't make it up but that we you don't have to check your mind at the door when you come to unity church yeah, like I've there's no that. suspension of you know 
whatever uh, intellect in order to we're not asking you to believe something that your mind doesn't want to believe but just believe it because you're supposed to like there's none of that in unity like your whole being can get behind it your intellect can get behind it yeah it's not disingenuous it's not you know contrary to um to intellectualism or anything it's like it just all made sense to me just like you just like you said. And um, so that was wonderful. And I have, you know, been, I was a regular Sunday attender from the get go. Um, and now, of course, um, um, an associate minister of that same church, which is just a beautiful um, coming full circle kind of life story for me. But at any rate, I like what you said that the reason this particular understanding of higher power. Um, took for us and 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 lasted was because it worked so I had always felt very alone in the world you know I'm an only child I grew up in a single parent household I literally was alone a lot of the time and felt lonely in a lot of ways and and in my early adulthood felt like I had to single-handedly power myself through my life and my goals and my you know everything on my own and then when I got sober, I was told that I needed to learn to rely on a higher power. And that was very new to me, but it just was so wonderful and felt so right from the beginning. All of a sudden it was like, I don't have to do this all on my own. I don't have to be just, you know, full steam ahead, powering myself through on my own sheer force of my own, you know, will through life. Like I have a partner in life now. I have this, you know, all knowing, all loving God that can partner with me, that can co-create with me, that, that I can turn to, that I can turn everything over to, that I can, that will help me make decisions, that will help me know what's best for me. Um, it was just so huge for me to not have to do it all on my own anymore, you know, um, and really, like I say, feeling like God became my partner in life. And from having no partner and feeling very alone to having a partner that was always there. And, and the other thing I wanted to say is when I began exploring a relationship with God through prayer, through attending meetings, through all of the various channels, God showed up for me. So it wasn't empty. It was like I would sit down to pray and I would ask God to be there. And I had an experience of God. It's hard to even describe all the mystics say they can't describe the experience. Yeah, right. There was a palpable presence that showed up for me that almost felt like it was wrapping its arms around me and holding me and guiding me and helping me. And I can really say that there's I mean, I, I often feel the presence of God, but those moments where I literally felt something so powerful, just this presence, I could probably count them on one hand or maybe on two hands, but they have stayed with me for years and years and years, and they form the foundation of my faith. Yeah, you used a word that had become central for me that to me was like the the big difference from what I had heard before that didn't really find take root and then what i heard later that all of a sudden did is that it's an experience yes. of 
God, not a assent to a set of beliefs as much as, you know, tr- I and I say this often, do not, I'm not asking you to believe anything that I'm saying, Yeah. but I am asking you to try this for yourself and see what happens because I'm not the teacher. God is the teacher. That's right. super clear to me. Yeah. And having an experience like you're describing, even from time to time, was yeah. totally game-changing, yes. as you said. Although, you know, I have to say that early on, it was a strange and vague kind of undertaking. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about contemplative prayer, basically, is the yeah. practice that I teach. And that's what I'm asking people to try. Try contemplative prayer, which basically means just sit quietly, notice what is transpiring within you. Uh, sometimes, you know, I will watch my breath. Of course, my mind wanders and then I bring it back. But, you know, people can use a mantra or you can light a candle and look at the candle and just sort of notice all the subtleties of the candle flame, whatever. Basically, give your mind something, a job to do mm-hmm. so that the presence that's already there of the spirit can begin to sort of arise in awareness because it's not being shouted down by my loud ass brain that won't (laughs) shut up. You know what I'm talking about? Blah, 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 blah. This constant stream of thoughts is basically shouting out the still small voice of the spirit. But when I undertook this practice, I realized that that voice is there. You know, you, you, you described an experience that, I love the the quote from the Apostle Paul. It's a it's a piece that passes all understanding. Yes. You can't describe it. It makes no sense at all. It doesn't fit. There are no words for it. It doesn't even fit ideas. It's just so. I think it's so fundamental to who we are as human beings, as spiritual beings, having a human experience that when it happens, you just know it, you resonate with it. So my entire, my experience of this starting off with this strange, vague undertaking, like, okay, weirdos, I'll, I'll do this thing because I really like the energy here and I believe what you're saying. So let me go try it and see. And then having experiences myself, which honestly, hitting bottom with an addiction helped a lot because it really addiction tears away our, you know, seemingly uh, built up ability to function in the world to the point where I could not function. So my way of being ceased to work. I had to fall back on something else that underpinned it. So even though it started off as kind of, ambiguous and vague and i'm like how can this be powerful i i really came to believe came to understand through experience wow this is really um the most powerful thing i've experienced in the world though its power is subtle right yes subtle but profound like you know the 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 roman god throwing thunderbolts or that kind of violent sort of power it's it is a sort of an all-sufficient all-providing still small voice kind of power that 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 beats everything eventually once i allow it to be so in my life i hope that makes sense i feel like i've just gone in this weird well you know as soon as you start trying to describe the experience of god it gets a little exactly nebulous it's you know i mean like i say all the mystics talk about this that you know we're merely pointing to an experience that's beyond human 
language. It's beyond our ability to describe. That's why we ex- we have to experience it. And I truly believe that everyone has a different experience of God. God is going to show up uniquely to you. You know, um, so if you if you hear someone describing their experience of God and it doesn't feel like your experience, that's okay because you're going to experience God in a different way. Yeah. But I truly believe that we are spiritual beings that are hardwired to be in relationship with God. And that's why it comes so easily to us when we make even a mildly earnest attempt, you know, um, you don't have to go searching, searching for God. You can just sit quietly for a few moments or take a walk in nature and ask God to reveal itself to you. And if you're open to it at all, you will have a revelation of God. I mean, God, you know, Richard Rohr, who we both love, as you said before, a Christian mystic, says very clearly that God is always present. I mean, God can't not be present, right? Because God is presence itself. God is everywhere present all the time. It's our awareness of God that is lacking. So all we have to do is open that door, just saying, I'm willing to become aware of the presence of God and um, just making any kind of an open attempt to it and it will reveal itself. But don't expect, you know, a booming voice. That's usually not the way God shows up. It, like you said, is is subtle, um, subtle, but powerful. And once you've experienced it, you won't ever forget it and you will be deeply changed by it. You know, that peace that surpasses understanding, surpasses our human understanding. Once you've experienced that peace, even for a moment, you just want more of it, you know, and, and the more we connect with it, the more available it becomes to us. I'm, I've gotten quite adept at being able to tap into that piece pretty quickly after, oh, six, seven years of keeping a daily, and I really mean daily meditative practice, which, um, you know, can look like lots of different things. And it doesn't really matter what it is, as long as there's a daily attempt to do something, some sort of prayer, meditation, mindfulness, chanting, whatever it is that you do, it's all good. Um, The more we access that place, the more easily we can find it again the next time. And we start to get to where it's like, yeah, I want to feel at least five minutes a day, I want to feel that peace, because it it's like nothing else and it's sustaining. And the other thing I want to say is, you know, the reason why 12 step people are so darn spiritual is because these addictions that we have, whatever they are, have broken us down to the point where we needed God. And as painful and challenging as those times are, Having need of God is a blessing because if everything is going perfectly in your life all the time, you have no need of God. You you can continue the illusion that you are in charge of your own life and that you are powering yourself through on your own power and you will never need God. But when the proverbial, you know what, hits the fan, like happened to me in the past week with this whole fiasco with my hard drive and potentially losing all of my data literally brought me to my knees. I was terrified. All of a sudden I needed God again, you know, and it's, you know, we're human beings. As soon as things are going good, we're like, I can take it from here. (laughs) I got it. I got it. You know? And, and so I've come to find those moments in my life 
as painful as they are, the moments when I've been brought to my knees by heartache, by grief, by, you know, trauma, whatever, those have been the moments when I have been the most in need of God. And those are the moments in which God has shown up most powerfully for me. So I do believe that it's built into the human experience that in times of trial and tribulation is when we reach out for God, when we become willing to reach out to a power greater than ourselves. And and all of us in 12-step recovery have been there. We have hit rock bottom with our addiction. And that's when we cried out in the wilderness for the God of our own understanding and God showed up so powerfully for us. Yeah. And, and that the, the core truth being God is ever present. God is everywhere. Always is a phrase, phrase I heard from the theologian, John Cobb, God is everywhere always. And so all I've got to do is stop living in my head long enough to realize and to re-experience the presence of God. And yeah, I'm with you. I mean, having been beaten down by an addiction to the point where all my other coping strategies failed and fell apart, left for me only uh, a reliance on this ever presence of the spirit upon which I have built a life that's way, way better than my other life. And I love what you're saying that, you know, and, and things start to go well. I don't feel like I do this I, maybe I do sometimes, I like to think that I, you know, stay in my faith, yeah. but, um, you know, begin to sort of drift away from that until something bad happens. I'm going to, I have to tell this joke. I, my minister told this joke in church years and years and years ago about that exact thing. Um, so a guy is, uh, has a business meeting and he's running a little late and he's really sweating it. Cause if this meeting goes well, he's going to be set for life and he, and the traffic is bad it's getting worse and he's saying god i really really need to walk in on time to this meeting I'm, I, 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 the parking lot's coming up i need a parking space right by the door so that i can make it i'll do anything if you give me that parking space i'll i'll give to the church i'll start our going i'll tell everyone uh, what i experienced and the guy pulls into the parking lot there's no spot up front, but right when he's pulling down the lane, a car pulls out and he pulls right into it. And he looks up to heaven and says, never mind, got one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what Isn't we that do? the way? Yeah. But that, that quiet presence that's always, always there, that's the key. And the practice is to notice it. You talked about what we call a formal meditation or a formal prayer practice. I suck at that. I tried to do it again recently. I can't do it. I don't know, maybe next lifetime or whatever. I'm not sure what the deal is. I cannot do it. I have some built-in resistance that's still present. I don't know. But the other way of doing it is what we call an informal practice, which means at any moment, and you should do both. Ideally, you're doing both. At any moment, um, whenever it occurs to me, I just take a breath. I do a miniature, like a one breath meditation. Uh, The spiritual writer Eckhart Tolle said, if you do this, every time it occurs to you, you don't have to set any alarms. You don't have to set a formal time. If you just do it, whenever it occurs to you, if you just take a moment and do like a one breath meditation, Mm -hmm. it will completely change your life. And I know that that's true. That's how it has 
been for me. And so, yeah, I, I aspire to a formal practice and I totally agree that a formal practice is ideal and that you're doing both. Um, I have not been able to maintain a formal practice, so I've got to tell the truth on myself. I can't sit here and and nod my head like, yeah, me too. No, not me too. Yeah. I can't do it. So if you're listening to this and you feel like, man, I just can't do what they're saying, don't worry about it. Do what Eckhart Tolle says. Whenever it occurs to you, do a, a one breath, one breath in, one breath out. Pay attention to how it feels. That is your prayer, and that yes. right there will bring you everything that you need. If you need something else, it will become clear to you just from doing that. Well, it's time for what we call recovery in a nutshell. This is when we try to summarize the various pieces of all we have just said, that if we could only say a couple of them, what have we found most helpful in our own recovery journey? So Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, if someone was having trouble with, let's pull back with the whole higher our concept, but they were willing to be open to it and they came to you. What would you share with them that has worked for you if you had to do it real quick? Well, okay. So one thing I would say is to not have preconceived notions of what that's going to look like, to be open to God revealing itself to you in the way that is right and perfect for you. So I experience God in nature other people might experience God in a different way. Um, but, you know, just being open and not not stopping the experience by expecting it to look a certain way, that would be one thing. Um, and it's, in terms of this daily meditation practice, what the reason that it has worked for me for so long is that I made it really simple for myself. I require of myself five minutes a day. Now, that can be a guided meditation that I pull off of my meditation app that I use. That could be five minutes of silence. It could be five minutes of um, breath work, which is my new thing that I'm really into lately. Um, even if it's just five minutes of taking some slow, deep breaths. The reason I've been able to be consistent is because I keep the expectations of it real low. So it doesn't have to be a certain kind of thing. It's five minutes. Now, it could be five minutes spent in prayer. Um, so it's, you know what I'm saying? So that's my requirement of myself. And that has given me entree to compliance by lowering the barrier to entry, as they say in a lot of, um, I don't know fitness talk and stuff these days lowering the barrier to entry making it so easy that it's almost impossible to not do it so it's not about spending hours and hours of meditation every day it's about developing a consistent practice so you do it five minutes a day now sometimes I do 20 sometimes I do a half an hour sometimes whatever but my commitment to myself is five minutes a day and um it's the showing up for it every day that it just becomes a part of your life so that's my two cents on that. It, it's basically like every day you're giving God an opportunity to show up for you in the way that you need God to show up for you. So you just bring the body and you say, all right, here's five minutes, set yourself a timer or whatever, yeah. and just be willing, just be willing to have an experience of the presence of God. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I agree with that. That's all you have to do. What's worked for me, I would express it as to stay open which is yes. exactly what you said. I, I agree that that's critical. Stay yeah. open. I added to pay attention to what others are saying. And what I mean is like in recovery, 
community. That doesn't yeah. mean believe everything they're saying or take it in as your own, but pay attention to what others are saying and see. If any of it resonates with you, just kind of hang on to that. If it mm -hmm. doesn't resonate, just let it go. But I've learned a lot from just hearing other people share mm -hmm. their experiences. And yes. then relax. Like, don't worry. Don't hurry. Mm -hmm. This is not a race. And, and be willing, be open, and be willing to believe. I've even heard it said, you know, a, a sponsor might say, well, do you believe that I believe? It's like, okay, yes. that I can do. That's, <laughs> trust me, that is enough. I, that's where I started. That is enough. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in this process of um, the second step and coming, opening yourself to coming to believe in a higher power, we have an affirmation for you that can help you. So if you're in that place and you want to know the love and presence and support of a higher power, just say this to yourself. I open my heart and mind to belief in a higher power that works for me. Once again, I open my heart and, and mind to belief in a higher power that works for me. I might even add that makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we're grateful. We hope you found something in all of our blabbing today that you will find genuinely helpful. We bless you wherever you are in your on your own recovery journey. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. And you can also support our ministry through our new Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash spirit of recovery. Yes, and we thank you in advance for that. We're so glad that you joined us today, and we hope that you'll join us again. And until then, please don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, do not drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.